Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Thanks. I'm good, thank you. We've got Andy Lever on the line. Great. Good to hear. Hi, Andy. How, how hey, you doing? Good. How are you keeping? Cool. You're, you're a little faint. I don't know if you're on a hands-free or mobile no, or something. I, I'm actually on Skype. Ah, okay. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe it's the volume, but you sound a little bit and that was all, but... Uh, you can hear me fine now, can you? Can you hear yeah, me fine? Yeah, I can hear you now. Good. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Hey, shall I give you the background on Hortonworks, then? Yes, please. Yeah. So, um, just, just as an overview, so Hortonworks was founded in 2011. It was the original 24, uh, 24 engineers from the original Hadoop team at Yahoo that were spun out to form a separate company. Um, we are based in Santa Clara in California. And in the last four years, we've essentially taken what was version one of Hadoop, which was very focused around um, a technology called MapReduce, which is very much around batch, to turn Hadoop into more of what we would call a data operating system. So to really enable it to have not just for storage, um, uh, which is uh, uh, within Hadoop, the ways to ingest data and the ways to manipulate data. And we do all of that in a open source software environment. So everything we do goes into open source under the um, Apache Software Foundation, if you're familiar with that model. I am, yes. So we're roughly now, um, our last earnings call, we said we're 800 employees. Uh, next earnings call is February 10th. I'm sure there'll be an update on that as well. Uh, we have over 700 customers, and we added in our Q3, which is the sentence calendar Q3, 152 customers as well. We're in, um, and then we're in 16 countries uh, across the uh, across the globe. And you've probably seen that we've done recent office openings in London and Sydney, and then just this Monday we're obviously in Cork doing yep. the office opening there as well. Okay, now I know you guys are involved with big data. How do you help your clients uh, scale up? So our model is we, obviously we contribute to the software, so that's a big part of our business, the engineering side, which all goes as I said into open source. Customers come to us typically because if you think about the traditional database type world, it's very much around structured data and it's, it's not what we call big data. It's, it's probably small data. So this is data that comes from your typically apps like ERP or CRM systems, for instance. But now in this new world, what you're seeing is just this huge explosion of particularly unstructured data. So it could be from social or particularly sensor data or machine-generated data. If you think Internet of Things, pretty much every device and appliance is generating data in some sort of way. So customers come to us and say, hey, we, we need a platform and a technology that is going to help us um, ingest and manage and analyze that amount of data. So we provide the, um, obviously the software is provided through open source, and then we provide the support that goes with that software and services that go around that as well. So I'll give you an example. Somebody um, we had at the London office opening, Jaguar Land Rover came along and talked about their new range of cars, the XE, that are producing over two gigabytes of data a day. That all gets ingested into into uh, their big data system, and they use that to analyze exactly what customers are doing with cars. 
so they can go back and give them a very customized view of their service schedule, um, how they're going to look after them, and they can do predictive analytics on failures, for instance, the feedback to engineering, so they know how the cars are performing out in the field. So, so really, those are that's that's the way typical way that we'd help a customer, but across many many verticals. So, um, you know, have customers like HSBC. Um, we have customers in the telco side as well. So, many many applications. And how big are customers? Are they big or small or both? Um, so both. So what we what we find is is now Hadoop as a technology is actually ten years old, right about now actually. Yeah. Um, so we've put a lot of effort into maturing it so that very large enterprises can use it. So if you think very large enterprises like to be happy with things such as security, uh, data governance, etc. So when you hear someone like HSBC using it, you can see you know they need to be very happy that this is a robust. Um, piece of technology that is, is going to be used in business critical systems. And you'll see very large organizations um, like HSBC or Daimler using the technology. But also, new organizations, if you think about um, data platforms have, have changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, a lot of new companies, and I'm talking the small and mid-sized companies, are going straight to Hadoop. And they're using that as their main store of data. So you'll see a lot of the new tech coming along and going straight with um, this type of technology. So Yahoo Japan, for instance, who are number one in their market for search and advertising, etc., they're all in on Hadoop. So you know they will very much use that as their first um, first uh, storage and, and analytics technology. And, and new new startups are doing that as well, which is um, you know. You know anything about the computing industry? You see, typically every 10 to 15 years, um, a new wave of technology will come along, and right now it's definitely cloud and big data are the two things that everyone's equipping for. And how do you guarantee that the security of your customers' clients, your clients' data? So you can deploy in either on-premise mm-hmm. or into the cloud. And if you think about this, you know, we, I would say maybe a couple of years ago, people would be more inclined to use their own data centers or deploy the technology in their own data centers so it's within their own, behind their own firewall. We've seen a big shift lately. Um, so if you look at partners such as Microsoft with um, their Azure technology uh, for cloud, um, a lot of people starting to move to cloud as well. Um, and it's really the customer's choice as to how they deploy that. What we've done is um, we actually went out and bought a company called XA Secure because we wanted to fast-track security within Hadoop. Uh, so we bought that with our own cash, and we open-sourced all of that. So there's one security model that sits all the way around Hadoop, and then obviously you've got your security at the hardware level as well, whether you're deployed into cloud or, or on-premise. But, you know, we have great partners for that. So someone like EMC, you can deploy an Isilon technology in your data center, or, as I said, with someone like Microsoft with Azure into the cloud. And then you know that you've got enterprise-grade security that sits in the software, so it's one common software thread that runs across all the different components of Hadoop as well. So that's, that's something we get drilled on a lot, trust me. So we've got to get that right. And when it comes to basically using your, your, your equipment and software, what specifications do you recommend your clients have? You know, there's a couple of things we think of there. I mean, the, the amount of data is going to be is going to be important in that. So if you think about um, uh, somebody such as a bank, 
may want to be compliant with something like the Basel II regulations, which means they've got to keep something like seven years plus of data um, in storage. And they may want to do that on site because of the security and say, hey, we want a configuration that allows us to have in, uh, you know, very quick instant access to years and years and years worth of, of data. That's, that's one side. You may have other customers who say, we just want to go quickly. So let's just spin something up in cloud and get going. And again, we, um, we have an engineering team in Budapest, and we've developed a technology called CloudBrake that allows you very quickly, almost instantaneously actually, to spin up um, a big data store into cloud, whatever your chosen cloud platform is, to get going. Now, some people may run hybrid, so they may want fast access through cloud remotely and then um, do the storage and retrieval for archive into data centers. And, and we, we can architect that for customers as they, as they want to go. But I think cloud capacity is becoming, once upon a time, if you said, hey, I'm going to put petabytes into cloud, it would have been very expensive and very slow. But I'm sure you see this. You know, the move to cloud is getting commoditized more and more almost mm -hmm. quarter by quarter. Looking at Amazon's results the other day, you know, there's a big shift going on there. And what about mobile devices? Are they going to be able to adapt to your products? Yeah, so we, we, we in the last six months have recognized that the old way of thinking is that all data goes into one big repository. So everyone thinks, hey, there's this great big you know, Hadoop store where I put all my data. But the reality is, is with mobile devices and wireless technology, data, as I said, can be coming from sensors anywhere. So it could be coming from your Fitbit on your wrist, it could be coming from your mobile phone, it could be coming from sensors on your car, it could be coming from, you know, the new Airbus A380 has thousands of sensors on board and we've got airlines that, you know, want to capture all of that data. So we, we've um, uh, acquired a new technology called NiFi, HDF we call that, Hortonworks Data Flow, that allows you to basically think about data is distributed across that network, so they're mobile devices, the central store, and allow two-way communication with anything that produces or receives data. So if you think about it in this mobile world, you may have networks with tens of thousands, if not millions of devices on it that could be anywhere on the planet. It could be an oil rig, it could be a mobile phone, it could be anything, but we now have this new technology to allow you to capture, analyze, and have two-way communications with those devices. So that's, that's a huge part of what's happening with, with data now, um, that, that distribution of data and ability to have that capture and two-way flow. And is the data anonymized? Sorry, say again, I didn't Sorry, is the data anonymized? I mean, for example, if you're tracking data from, from a certain uh, car or device, does it tell you enough about the, per about the car, but not tell you who the person driving is? Yeah, what we do is, if you think about, um, the more remote something is, typically the slower the link. So what we do is we have very small packets, which are, I'll give you an example. Um, you have smart cities where they have CCTV cameras all the way around the city, and they're on slowish links. So what you're sending is thumbnail images, which are maybe black and white, and they're all being sent in and very quickly analyzed in Hadoop. You may spot something that you think, ah, oh, we need to find out more about that. So you'll communicate with the camera that it came from and say, can you switch to high-res mode and zoom in and send me back those images instead? And that allows you then to have that two-way communication. But also, as you said, you've got to make sure that's secure. So that'll be securely transmitted backwards and forwards. And within the next five years, where do you see yourself going? 
So here's our prediction. We we think, you know, there's the amount of data being produced, as you can see, there's more data, I think, statistically in the last year than there has in the you know, whole history of the planet put together. So it's only accelerating the amount of data. And the more the way the analytics work, the more data you have, the better to spot trends and see things that are going on. So um, we're seeing just you know huge amounts of, of um, uh, data being captured right now, you know all the way up into uh, petabytes and exabytes. So I see that trend continuing. Our view is, um, uh, I mean, two things. One is Forrester, the research analyst, said that the um, usage of Hadoop across companies will be 100%. They believe Hadoop's going to fit somewhere in everybody's architecture um, in the next few years, which which we think is correct. But right behind that is we'd like to feel that um, in the next few years, half of the world's data can be stored in Hadoop because traditional systems are just not... You you think about traditional structured systems, they were architected back in the 1980s when this volume of data didn't even exist. So they're not going to be able to cope with this new massive of data be a structure or unstructured, so we feel at least half of that new data is going to be captured in Hadoop moving forward. And as Hadoop is, is scalable, it means you're able to uh, adapt and move with new technology as well. Yeah, we like I said, we've got a really strong partner ecosystem. Um, so uh, right now, uh, we've got 15 plus um, partners, some of which are very much you know around um, reselling system integrators, but some of the are engineering. So I mentioned someone like EMC, you know they're they're in Cork as well, um, VMware, etc. We work very tightly with those guys. So it's things like storage start to move from physical uh, disk-based storage to flash storage, which massively increases the availability of, of um, increases the um, uh, the analytics time uh, because you don't have that latency and delay on disk. You can see that storage technology is increasing. Um, the cost and availability of commodity hardware, so by the way, Hadoop runs on commodity hardware, so you don't have to buy super expensive processes. You can run this on, on regular PC-type architecture that you know HP would provide, for instance. As that as, as Hadoop scales and, and, and the amount of data goes up, we're seeing year on year, as I said, you know, cloud is becoming cheaper, um, uh, storage is becoming faster, commodity hardware is obviously coming down in price and, uh, as, as well. With the volumes going up, I, I think that you're just going to see that this data-driven enterprise, as companies talk about, is going to become more and more of a, uh, of a way of thinking. So most organizations come to us and say, help, you know, we've got this data, we want to be able to use it looking forward to predict what's going to happen rather than looking back and confirming what's already happened, and that's, that's where we're being pulled in terms of, in terms of uh, projects with us. So, like I said, you've seen that across all of the verticals right now. So I can see, like, maybe in a year's time, you can be hired to predict trends in certain areas. Yeah, I, you know we've got we've got um, we've got customers in uh, things like weather prediction. So uh, it's interesting that when you when you see some of the um, uh, some of the customers you go see, they have 
huge room full of magnetic tape with all the history of things like every weather center since the 1960s. And they want to put that into Hadoop to actually do, then they can do math analysis of, of at scale that they've never been able to do before because it's just been impossible to store that data and analyze it and Hadoop allows them to do that. So they can do very clever things like that. The other thing, um, new ideas that are coming along like um, usage-based insurance. So um, you see cars now fitted with boxes that, that monitor things like your driving patterns and speed and things like that. You can, the insurers take all that information live from the car and can automatically come up with insurance premiums there and then based upon your history and driving patterns and be able to bill you on insurance based upon how you're driving. So there's just some very innovative things that big data allows you to do right now. And I, I just see as the technology um, gets more adopted and the amount of data gets um, grows, then I just see that continuing, really. Well, I think where no, where he's going, I'm thinking that you said with the weather, if you can predict the weather, you can more or less uh, then, by using that, determine how much you're going to pay for insurance next year. Exactly. And I, I, I think, you know, you used to have these very expensive people sat in rooms called actuaries once upon a time that would, you know, very cleverly mathematically try and work out what they thought was going to happen. But now you can join these bits of data before that you never could do before. So you can take, you know, all the weather patterns with people driving, with crash statistics for cars and, and all the premiums of the last 12 months, join that together and come up with a very accurate view of what does our business look like in the next 12 months. You know, you just couldn't do that before. Suppose now that you've got the uh, technology to do it and the price is coming down, well, people will see this is a thing they have to use because if the cost comes down, they can afford to do it, so you'll get more clients and you'll get more data and you can predict more things. Sorry, I didn't quite catch the question. Yeah, well, uh, the, the sorry. question. Uh, as you're, uh, as uh, more clients, people start using your product because the price is coming down, you're getting more data coming through your systems and therefore you can, you can predict more different areas. Correct. Yeah, I, and, and this is, as they start to get more of what we call data under management, it means that you, you've got then what we call data lakes of, of availability. So, you know, the whole of the weather patterns for the whole of Europe since sensors were ever put in in the 60s, you could have one giant data lake, and that can be something that you can then use as a, an asset to sell. You know, that's, that's within the realms of possibility. Other people may want to privately keep that data because... Um, you know, something like a, a bank that ha wants to analyze all of their trades over the last, say, 10 years and look how their deal desk is working, that's, gonna, that's a big asset to them. That's something that they want to keep private. But, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that is the way it's going.